Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. As I said, I wanted to talk to you from this subject, Wise Men Still Worship. In the book, Preventing Ministry Failure, by Todd Wilson and Brad Hoffman, they describe worship, listen to this, as a moment in time when we cease being influenced by anyone or anything but God. Let me say that again. They describe worship in the book Preventing Ministry Failure as a moment in time when we cease being influenced by anyone or anything but God. Oh God, we long for those moments. What would it look like if everyone in here were to cease being influenced by anyone or anything but God? What would it look like if we were literally to pour out the depth of our love upon him in worship? The question is not, is he worthy of it? Because worship has to do with his worth. That's not the question. He's already made it clear his worth. In him all things exist. <laughs> By him everything that exists was made. In him was the light and that light was the life. In him was life and that life was the light of men. So he's worthy of it. The question is, are we willing to give him the worship that's due him? I would challenge us over this Christmas holiday to have a moment when you are influenced only by nobody else or anything else but God. If it's just a few seconds, if it's just a moment, I didn't, I'm not talking about the quantity, I'm talking about the quality of time. When at some point you begin to come before him and honor him for who he is. I didn't say ask him for what you want. I simply want you to honor him for who he is. Because wise men still worship. Wise women still worship. In our story here in Luke's gospel, 
Verse 1 says, in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Now after the, Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. We've seen the star, and we've come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written in the prophets, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Everybody coming doesn't really want to worship. Herod's motives were not true and pure. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. In the remaining verses, verses 10, 11, and 12, I believe we're going to see from the wise men patterns, as it were, for worship. They're keys to help us in our worship. And I want to explore those this morning. Verse 11 says, And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had begun, and when they had opened their treasuries, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. I want to submit to you that the first thing here, when we look at this pattern, as it were, what they did, the first thing they did, they entered. The scripture says, and when they had come into the house. To enter simply means that you must leave one place and go into another. When we worship, we have to leave one place and go into another. I submit to you that this is not necessarily geographical. 
We have to leave one place and go into another. Many times we go, we, 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 we don't worship simply because we haven't left where we need to leave to get where we need to go. We're preoccupied in our thinking about what's going on in our own lives. We are preoccupied with what's going on in the world, in the news and everything around us. But to worship, you got to leave one place and you got to go into another. I challenge you, because wise men still worship, that you leave one place. Even if you have to go into a private in one of the guest rooms or into your closet, wherever you need to go, and just simply let everything else just go. I know what's going on around you, but let it go. Just, just for a moment. It'll be there when you leave. When you get back. It, it'll, it'll be there unless God does something about it. Why you worship. You know, he's done that kind of thing before. You can go to worship and find out that when you've entered into his presence, it says there's fullness of joy and there are pleasures at his right hand. You can get into the presence of the Lord and the things that is so seemingly important to you don't matter anymore. Where you lack wisdom and lack answers, next thing you know you have what you need. So they entered. They had prepared for the journey. They had studied. They sought Jesus. But make sure that as we worship, we enter into the presence of God. This is the thing that's so dangerous. Listen to me. Listen to me. If you've been around church any time, you know church ease. If you've been around church any time, you know when to say it, where to say it, where to... You know what I'm saying? If you've been, you've been around it. But I, I was, let me tell you something that happened to me. Everybody said this happened to him. <laughs> All right. I was, pray, I was, getting, I was praying, and I, Doc, I had gone into, well, um, Father, I just praise you today, and thank you so much. And I heard this, really? That's what I heard from the Holy Spirit, really? Because I was going through the motions, going through the routine. My heart wasn't there. And then finally, I, 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 I was in the moment, and I, I, I began to express what's really going on in my heart. Because if you're going to come before God, there has to be sincerity and truth. We worship him in spirit and in truth. You can't bring a false you before a true him. So they entered in. Here's the next thing. When we look in this verse, it says they entered in. Then the next thing is they saw Jesus. When you come into his presence, make sure you see Jesus. Make sure you see him. It says they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. He is who you're looking for in worship. Let me say, when you go to worship, you're not looking for a thing, you're looking for a person. You're looking for him. 
And a lot of times we go, listen to me, we like the feeling of worship. And many times if you've experienced his presence before, you look for that presence. You look, you look for that feeling. I submit to you, don't look for the feeling, look for him. Because, listen, listen, because the feelings may or may not be there. But the thing is, is he there? And that's who you want. Make sure that you see Jesus. When you look further at this text, it says not only that they enter, they saw Jesus. The third thing it says, they bowed. It means to fall down and prostrate yourself because it says they fell down, they fell down, they fell down. There has to be a time when you humble yourself. I didn't say he humbles you, but you humble yourself. They, they humbled themselves in the presence of a superior. They acknowledged his authority. And my question to us is, have you acknowledged his authority in your life? Have you said, God... For you I live. You, if you don't do anything, nothing's going to happen. It isn't worth it without you. One day, uh, 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 when you, Moses will say, God, if you don't go with us, we won't go. Because God had told him, you go. Uh-uh. But he said, no, we want you. So we need to see Jesus and we need to bow before him. We need to come before his presence and humble ourselves. If your opinion matters more than his, something's wrong. If what you think you value more than what he thinks, something is wrong. The prophet Isaiah said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. Then he said this, just so you'll know. As high as the heavens are above the earth, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and my ways than your ways. In other words, while you're still thinking, I'm already in the future. I've already figured it out. Now, it says they entered. They saw Jesus, they bowed, and then it says they worshiped. They worshiped. The word, the word worship here means they, 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 they got to a place where it's the picture of a, of a dog lapping his master's hand. Uh, I don't know, you know, I'm not, I'm not a dog person. I don't hate dogs, I'm neutral. So don't think, you know, pastor just hates. No, I don't hate dogs. Those, how many dog owners do we have? What's your dog's name? I didn't say yell it out. <laughs> Sound like she said Esau. Isa. All right, we won't ask what it means. All right, now, now. So what happens is, the dogs, I, I, I have seen, I, I don't have a dog, not going to get a dog, Stephen. 
But uh, I've seen dogs when the masters have been gone, like in the military or something, and when that master comes home, the dog, I mean, just jumps on him. And the thing about it, you could, they could be twins, but the dog will know the master. And they'll come and worship. <laughs> they, could be, they could look the same. But the dog knows the real thing. You understand what I'm talking about? And there's a response that the dog gives to the master. And the picture that we're seeing there is the word worship here. And so what we're saying is it literally means to come close to and kiss toward. It means that, that you have come, you've gotten to a place where you're so intimate that you don't have to talk loud. This is what I found out. Sometimes you get close in relationship with God and the voice of God gets lower in volume. There's some of you, I don't hear God. Perhaps you do hear him, but you're so close that you're listening too loud, listening for a loud voice when it's a still small voice. And so they, they, you get to a place where you kiss, you worship, you honor, you pay homage to. And so they worshiped. They exalted Jesus as the rightful king. Then it says, listen to this. After they worship him, it says, when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They gave. They gave. Everybody say they gave. What's amazing about love is this. When you love, giving comes out of that love. There's something about love when you worship that giving comes out of that. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so when we come to God, there's something about his presence when you want to open up everything you have and just, Lord, here I am. You can, it's yours. You remember Zacchaeus, a tax collector, after he saw, climbed up into the sycamore tree, saw Jesus, came back down and said, Lord, I know I've cheated some folks. Everything that I've done wrong, I'm opening up my treasure. Here it is. I'm going to repay them. There's something about him that, call, that unlocks you. If you are still stingy, I wonder if you've worshipped. I wonder if you've loved. One of, <laughs> one of the uh, ways I knew <laughs> that I loved Deanne Johnson was I opened my wallet. You know, I, I, bro, it was cheap. I mean, you know, we're going Amen. Amen. And so uh, that was one of the ways I knew. And so I, I knew that, I know that love, when, when you love, there's a natural tendency to want to give. The text says they open their treasures. Now this is, notice what they gave him. They gave him gold. Gold was a gift for a king. 
They begin to honor him because he is the lineage of David. This is the fulfillment of the Davidic promise that says there's going to be a king to sit on the throne. And he, Jesus, is from that lineage and he is the one to fulfill that promise given to David that you're going to have someone to sit on the throne forever. It was not Solomon. It was in Jesus. They, so the wise men gave him gold. But they also gave him frankincense. Frankincense was simply an incense, the odorous gum obtained from a certain tree, and it symbolized his deity because the, the Bible tells us what we could not do, God did by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh to redeem those who were in the flesh. In other words, Jesus had to step out of eternity into time, put on a body, and come into the womb of a woman and be impregnated by the Holy who was impregnated by the Holy Spirit. That's amazing. That's amazing. He had to come down to earth. He had to step out of his royal regalia. All of that, he stripped himself. And took on flesh. God became a man. And they brought him gifts. To signify that this is not just a man. This is God. He is deity. And then they brought him myrrh. Now wait a minute. I understand the goal. Because they had to flee. They had to go and, and had to be taken care of. That the gold is going to be good. The frankincense, yes, I understand all of the symbolism in terms of deity. But why bring him myrrh? Because myrrh, listen to this, myrrh was something that was used for embalming. So why in the world would you bring as a gift to a baby shower embalming fluid? All the prophetic inference. Somehow the Holy Ghost got a hold of these wise men because wise men still worship. And they not only worship, but they begin to show his prophetic purpose in that not only was he did he come to be born, but he came to die for the sins of the whole world. And so at the outset, they gave him myrrh saying, you have a prophetic purpose over your life and you will fulfill it. I submit to you that you have a prophetic purpose over your life and you will fulfill it. Now, I don't like to do a lot of touch your neighbor stuff, but I just want to do it today. Hunt somebody and tell them, you have a prophetic purpose over your life and you will fulfill it. Come on, say it again. You have a prophetic purpose over your life and you will fulfill it. I don't care. Let me go ahead and give me 30 seconds and let me preach to somebody. I know that the enemy has come against you. I know some bad things has happened to you. I know that it doesn't look good right now. I know that you've had some trouble, but you 
have a prophetic purpose over your life and you will fulfill it. The devil can't stop it. You can't get in the way of it. It's going to happen just as sure as God is holy. It's going to happen. You have a prophetic purpose over your life and you will fulfill it. So you might as well worship. Now, 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 let me close this. Let me go ahead and close this because the Falcons going to be playing in a minute. <laughs> All right, now, they, I told you so far, when we look at this text, they entered, they saw Jesus, they bowed, they worshiped, they gave, but the text doesn't end there. Because we can do all of those things, but there's still something missing if we don't do this next thing. Now, the text says in verse 12, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country. They departed for, for their own country another way. Wait, 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 wait. You remember up in the story. Herod said, when you find the king, come back because I want to worship. Herod's motive wasn't pure because Herod was the one that's going to kill every baby under two years old. So, he, he, so they had this other element in worship. They obeyed. They obeyed. Listen to me. You can come and love on Jesus. You can come and fall prostrate before him. You can get into his presence with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. But if you still are disobedient, at the end of the day, your worship is not complete. You have not fully worshiped until you have a lifestyle of obedience. The question isn't whether you heard him. The question isn't whether you seen him. The question isn't whether you gave. The question isn't really whether you entered into his presence. The question is, after you encountered him, did you do what he said? Because he said this, if you love me, John 14 and 15, if you need a reference, keep my commandments. In other words, the proof of your love for him is your obedience to him. Don't tell me you love him and you disobey him. Don't tell me that you love him and he doesn't have you. Your heart, your will in terms of obedience. I submit to you that wise men still worship. They enter. They see Jesus. They bow. They worship. They give. And they obey. Worship again is that moment in time when we cease being influenced 
by anyone or anything. Are you a wise person today? Are you wise? The question is, will you worship? We'll go ahead and give him praise and glory. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.